You're listening to a podcast of The River in Durant, Oklahoma. Join us Sundays at 10 a.m. or Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Or learn more about us online at theriverdurant.com. Amen. Are you happy to be in the house of the Lord today? No place I'd rather be. Amen. Are you also thankful for great leadership in the church? Apostle John and Pastor Ann Holler. You know, the church can't function without a pastor. They can't function without people, but they really can't function without a pastor. Uh, So we're just thankful for that, thankful for her uh, obedience to God uh, and everything that they do. Uh, You were talking about the gun shooting, and it reminded me whenever we we were moving this past week and yesterday actually and the guy uh the guy that was loading our house up i had actually forgotten that i have a 45 <laughs> like a gun and i don't even know what it's called 45 something and so <laughs> so i have a gun and the guy was pulling it down and he goes have you ever shot this and i was like no and he goes it's nice this is a really nice one and i was like thank you and there was like so much dust on it <laughs> ferris was like you can tell that my husband doesn't shoot guns but i have one so i will bring that and um it's legal, too. That's always important. Make sure it's a legal gun. <laughs> Amen. I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, living in victory this morning. You know, as the body of Christ, it's, it's uh, a lot of times we just get so focused and so concentrated on just getting through that we don't focus so much on purposing our life in victory and staying in the victorious walk that God has called you to. You know, you're the child of a king, so you need to live victorious. Whenever we come through, um, come up to a situation, you have an option to just, like I said, go through and say, oh, let me just, as long as I can make it through this, then I'll be all right. But we have to keep our mindset and focus on living in victory at, at all times. Amen. Amen. Why don't you look at somebody and say, I'm a whosoever, and I'm born of God. Dare you to look at two more people, say, I'm a whosoever, and I'm born of God. Some of you did it to one other person, but I'll forgive you. <laughs> look at 1 John 5, 4 with me. I think we'll have it up here. The Bible says, 1 John 5, 4, for whosoever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. So you just declared with your mouth that you're a whosoever and you're born of God, right? According to 1 John 5, 4, that automatically qualifies you to live in victory. It automatically qualifies you to overcome the world. It automatically qualifies you to live in the victorious life that God has called you to. You're a whosoever and you're born of God. That's two great things that you should be proud of this morning. Uh, I, I like the word overcome because whenever I looked it up, the Bible says overcome, and it actually means um, to conquer, which is good, right? To defeat the enemy, which is good, and, my, and uh, also to prevail, which is good, and my very favorite, to overpower, that's my very favorite part, overpower. So let, so let me read that again with a couple of these um, Uh, other meanings. For whosoever is born of God conquers the world. For whosoever is born of God defeats the enemy in the world. For whosoever is born of God prevails over the world. For whosoever is born of God overpowers the world. You have more power in your life, and because that you're born of God, you are qualified for that. That's your promise, right? Amen. 
So the biggest reason that we have to get an understanding of the, of the word overcome is because it's for us, right? You can't, if you don't have, a, have an understanding of something, you're not going to be able to live in that. So it's never God's will for you to live in defeat. It's always God's will for you to have victory. It's never God's will for you to live in defeat. It's always God's will for you to live in victory. Never God's will for you to live in defeat. Always God's will for you to live in victory. Now, this isn't even talking about just a little uh, spat that you have with your neighbor or a spat with your wife or, you know, a, a fight that you get into as a little kid talking about victory. This is victory in all areas of your life. This is victory in every single thing that you walk through, everything that you go into. Victory in your, in your uh, finances, victory in your marriages, victory in your relationships, victory in your, in your church family relationships. Every single thing you have victory in. And the, and the things that I'm going to talk to you today about is, is how to continue in that. A few, a few reminders. Now, I know that this church already knows that, but I'm going to remind you so that you can tell other people, right? <laughs> this church doesn't have a problem with walking victory. The people of this church in the river don't have a problem with that. So I'm just telling you so that you can tell other people, okay? Let's get, let me just say that. <laughs> Number one, to walk in victory, you must read and believe the word of God, right? So I didn't say just read the word of God because you have to believe it. It's not enough to read it. You can read something and not believe it. You have to read and believe the word of God over everything else, over every other situation in your life, over everything that comes to you. Read and believe the word of God. We're teaching our, our uh, children this, and it's it's difficult. I know that it's difficult because, you know, I've been there. I've done it. Um, you know, and so my children, whenever whenever my kids say, you know, I, I don't feel good or I'm, I'm sick or, you know, uh, I, I, I just feel miserable today. Or, I, you know, we we try to always say what the word says about whatever they just said. Right. So if they say, I don't I don't feel good. I, you know, we try to say, no, the Bible says by his stripes, you are healed. You are healed. You were healed. It's already done. Right. So. And it's difficult for them to wrap their minds around because the current situation that they're currently in is telling a different story. So that's why it's so important to read and believe the word of God. So, you, you know, for example, actually last night, Malachi was like, my tummy's, you know, my tummy's upset. My tummy's hurting. And I was like, son, you know what the word says? In the stone house, we believe the word of God. You have to purpose in your heart. You believe the word of God. It doesn't matter what everything around you is saying. You have to believe the word of God. So when, you know, your situation says that you're not feeling well, by his stripes you're healed. When your situation says that, that, you're, that you're mentally, you know, not, not there and you kind of got a lot going on, you have the mind of Christ is what the word says. The situation might say that, you know, your finances are lacking or someone has hacked your bank account. <laughs> but the word of God says... <laughs> but the word of God says that your God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. You have to focus on the word. Believe what the word of God says over the situation uh, that you're going through in your life. Um, my staff at work teases me sometimes because I've been there for almost seven years and I've, for about four of those years, I've had the same staff. So every month they, they tease me that I start on this kick where I'm going to eat healthy. I'm going to lose weight. You know, I'm going to get all this stuff done in my life. I want to, I want to slim down a little bit, be skinny like my hot wife and you know, <laughs> and so, you know, I want to, I want to get all this, you know, trimming in my, uh, my body and, and they tease me because I don't ever stick with it. I, you know, and then I'm like, I don't know why I've gained so much weight, you know, while I'm minding my own business eating a cheeseburger. And, 
they'll come in and be like, well, that's why, you know, you, you are what you eat. That's what my assistant told me uh, two weeks ago. You are what you eat. You, you know, you can't complain because you are what you eat. And um, I was driving through the drive-thru actually Friday, and I, and I pulled up to Carl's Jr. Do you all have a Carl's Jr. in Oklahoma? Yeah? Awesome. It's so good. Thank you, Jesus, for Carl's Jr. <laughs> but I pulled up to Carl's Jr., and I was sitting there in, um, in the drive-thru, and the lady says, you know, what, what can I get for you today or whatever? And, um, and I said, I was debating on the chili cheese fries or a salad with cucumber, like a cucumber salad, right? And so I was like, because I like both, but I really like cheese fries. And so I said, you know, I was like, God, what can, you know, should I get the chili cheese fries or should I get the cucumber salad? It's okay to talk to God like that, right? You can say that. God, should I get the chili cheese fries or the cucumber salad? Send me a sign for the, you know, what should I get? And, I, and God said, cucumber salad right so I was like oh okay and so I rolled down my window and I said I'll have a chili cheese fries please (laughs) and then the lady says we're out of chili and we're out of fries and I was like cucumber salad it is I'll have a cucumber salad please (laughs) so you are what you eat right what you put inside your body is what you're gonna be you can't, there's a commercial that, you know, the lady pulls up to the drafter and she's like, I'll have a side of thunder thighs and an extra, you know, extra size of neck fat. You know, have you seen that commercial? I don't know. And it's just saying, basically, you are what you eat, whatever you put in your body. Your spirit, man, is the exact same way. The exact same way. Pastor uh, Roxanne Alexander said a few weeks ago, you can't live on the memory of a baked potato. You got to eat, Right? Your spirit, man, is the exact same way. The way that you feed your spirit is reading and believing the word of God. If you're not reading and believing the word of God, your spirit, man, should be crying out, hey, I'm, I need, I'm dying here. I need to eat. Feed me something, right? And you can't live off the memory of one scripture. You can't go your whole life quoting John 3.16 because you learned it in Bible school, or in children's church. Thank God for children's church. But we've got to get more of the word of God. You can't just quote one scripture your whole life and think that's going to suffice. It's going to get you through. John 3.16 doesn't work in every situation. <laughs> you can't say, you know, my finances are lacking, but for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You know, I mean, it's not going to work in everything, everything, every situation in your life. You've got to find something that, that goes with what you're saying, with what you're believing God for. Now, Carlisle has already made a few noises in this service, but let me tell you that he gets angry if he doesn't eat. He gets so livid. I mean, Parrish and I will be laying there like asleep, and he'll, like, it's like in the middle, like 2 o'clock in the morning, and we are asleep, and he's like, ah! I mean, and so stinking loud, and I'm like, you know, I jump up and I'm like, holy, what was that? You know, my gosh. And Parrish is like, oh, he's just hungry. I'll go get him a bottle. And I was like, hungry? I thought his arm fell off. I mean, it sounded like he lost a limb or something. I mean, what happened? Did something hurt him? Or I mean, you know, our spirit man should be like that. Screaming out for food, screaming out for something. If you ever get to a point where you're satisfied not reading the word, then there's something wrong. You need to do an inner check. Your spirit man needs the word of God. That's how he eats. That's how your spirit man um, 
how he eats. That's you know what I just said. You can't live off the memory of one scripture. You have to consistently feed your spirit. First Corinthians fifteen fifty seven says, but thanks be to God, which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. We just have to keep that in mind, that you have the victory. Number two today, you have to stop the stinking thinking, right? Get your mind focused. Read and believe the word of God and stop stinking thinking. Refocus your mind. Get your mindset on, on the right things. The Bible says you have the mind of Christ. We have to start living in that. Um, I'm going to read uh, from John chapter 5 about the lame man at the pool of Bethesda. Do we have that up here? Can we get that? I don't know if I put that. First John, I mean, I'm sorry, just John 5.1. Now after, no, maybe I did it wrong. Five one. It is John five one. Okay, okay, yes. There we go. Start two. Sorry. Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. In these, in these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the move of the water. For an angel went down in a certain season with a pool it was troubled the water. For whosoever then first after the troubling of the water, water stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. And a certain man was there which had been, had it been in an infirmity for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there, he knew that he had not been, that he had now a long time been in that case. And he said unto him, wilt that be made whole? Now let me stop there for just a second. So Jesus is walking, right? This guy is, is with all these people. He's with all these people that are lame and blind and in sick situations. And he's been there for 38 years. Five, I mean, all these, all these people, craziness, blind, sick, ill, all these things going on in their lives. And he's been in the middle of it for 38 years. And Jesus walks by. Jesus walks by and says, do you want to be made whole? Do you want to be healed? Do you want to receive your healing? You know, he's saying, he's saying, help me out here. You know, I, I need, I need something from you, right? So do you, do you want to be made whole? And listen, listen to what the man says in, in verse seven, Jesus, Jesus is saying, do you want to be made whole? And the man says, sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me in the pool. But when I'm coming, but while I'm coming, another steps in front of me, steps before me. So Jesus says, do you want to be made whole? And he says, nah, I can't. There's not a way for me to do that because while I'm walking, if, if I was Jesus, <laughs> I would have been like, wah, wah, wah. That's not what I asked you. I didn't ask you, you know, if you could get in the pool. I didn't ask you if, if, you, if you could, you know, get it, if, if you could get around people whenever they were trying to get in front of you when the tr whenever the water was troubled. You've got to stop. He had stinking thinking. He had been in a place where everybody around him was troubled. He had been in a place where everybody around him was obviously negative. He was in a place where everybody around him was sick. We find ourselves in a place a lot of times where we're in situations with people that we may love and they may love us, but they're no good for our faith walk. They're no good for our stinking thinking mentality. We've got to get away from that. If you find yourself with negative people, get away from them. You know, you don't have to be mean, but just... 
Get away from them. Start hanging out with positive folk. You got to kick the negative and stick with the positive, right? So this guy had stinking thinking. Jesus said, do you want to get well? Do you want to be made whole? And he said, I can't. A lot of times in our lives, Jesus is saying, do you want the victory? Do you want to be made whole? You want your finances to improve? Do you want this? Do you want that? Do you want a child? People believe, believe God for children. And they're stinking thinking, says, I can't. God, I can't. You know, I can't because the doctor said, I can't have children because the doctor said this about my, my situation, my female organs, right? I can't uh, get a good job because of my background or what I've done in the past. I can't, you know, uh, make any more money than this because I didn't, you know, go to college. All of the things that are in your life, you can walk in victory. Every single thing. God has called you. The Bible says, thanks be to God who's caused us to, caused us to triumph. Right? Triumph is victory. You have victory in every single thing. You've got to purpose your mind. You've got to stop stinking thinking. You know, and it's, it's also like overwhelming a lot of times. You find yourself in overwhelming situations. And it's most of the time by people you love. The enemy uses the people that you love. He loves to use the people that you love because he knows that's what's going to hurt you. That's what's going to impact you the most. Another way to purpose your mind and get away from stinking thinking is focusing on your victories instead of your past failures. Focus on your victories. Keep your thoughts on victories instead of past failures. The enemy is going to remind you of things especially after you hear this today. Let me just warn you. You're going to walk out of here, and while you're getting in your car, the enemy's going to say, remember that time that, uh, or, or, or wait, 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 how about this time? This, is what, this was a doozy over here. This is what you, I mean, <laughs> do you remember that? You can't forget that right? Remember whenever you were a kid and you did this and this and this? Or remember whenever you were, you used to be married before, right? You got a divorce. Are you kidding me? The enemy is going to start reminding you of your past failures, but you've got to focus on the victories. You're not going to win in anything. If, you, if you're playing a football game and you keep in mind that you lost last week to the greatest team in, the, in, in your district, you're not going to win the game because you're not focusing on the current situation, right? So 1 Samuel chapter 17, let me start there. <clears throat> now, you all know the story. It's very familiar, David and Goliath, right? David kicked the pants off Goliath. <laughs> he surely did. So up to verse 34 in chapter 17 of 1 Samuel, everybody is like, you know, David, you can't do it. David's, you know, David came from the, from the field and, you know, was just coming up, and his brother's like, what are you doing? You get God, go, go. You, do you see him? Do you hear him? Look at him. You know, this guy's, this guy's massive, right? So David's like, I can do it, right? I can. I can, I can do it. I'm sure he was scared. I would have been scared. Can you imagine? All this hype is over Goliath, and Goliath is standing there, and the Bible says that David hears him, and he sees him, right? And so, so David's, even, even his brothers, David's brothers are like, ah, <laughs> look how tiny you are. Why don't you go back to the sheep? And, you know, even, even at one point earlier in the, in the chapter, David says, can I even talk? Can I, will you even let me talk? Let me finish, you know, wait, basically let me finish what I'm saying. And then so then David says, he goes into verse 34 and he says, your servant, talking about himself, has been keeping his father's sheep. 
When a lion came and carried off the sheep from the flock, I went after it. I struck it and rescued the sheep from his mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, dead. Right? So he says this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them. Because he has defied the armies of the living God, the Lord God who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. David was remembering his past victories. He's like, yeah, this dude's big. (laughs) He's massive. I I really don't want to do that. But I've killed a bear and I've killed a lion. They tried to seize me, but I killed the bear and I killed the lion. You need to remember your past victories today. Whenever the enemy says, hey, look, you can't do that because of this. Your marriage isn't going to work because you've already been divorced in the past. You need to say, hey, I remember my past victories. I remember that I tried to work it out. I remember that I did this. I remember that I did that. Every single thing. Why don't you start writing down victories? Every time you have a victory or overcome a situation or overcome a circumstance, write it down. Call it your victory book and go back to it every single time the enemy tries to remind you of stuff because your mind may not be able to remember it. But just write it down and then go back and say, "Uh -uh, mm, look, look at all these pages of victories that I've done with God's help in my life and focus on those. Keep your victories in your forefront, in the forefront of your mind. I'm telling you, the enemy is going to try to attack that today. When you walk out of this building, he's especially since you heard this, <laughs> he's going to do that. Something else to keep in mind uh, reading in the scripture is the people that David cared about the most that are supposed to be encouraging him, are supposed to be lifting him up, were the ones that were saying, can't do this. Here, look at you. David, go back to the sheep. Don't you have some sheep to tend to? Right? Don't, don't you got something else to be doing? You can't be in the middle of a battlefield, right? Even Saul's like trying to talk him out of it. I can imagine pulling him in. <laughs> David, you need to look over there. <laughs> this is, you know, this is crazy that you think you can do this. But David had purposed in his mind, I, if, I, if I did that, there's, I, there's nothing stopping me from this. Wh- what is this uncircumcised Philistine, right? I think I'm going to start calling all my, Everything that happens to me, yeah, it's an uncircumcised Philistine. <laughs> Let me go to my victory book and defeat that uncircumcised Philistine. So the very people that you love the most. But if you put your mind in victory and hope, you don't have a choice but to win because of the God that we serve. He's already set you up. It's been an orchestrated setup from the very beginning that you live in victory. Because we don't serve a God of defeat. We don't serve a God of pessimist. We don't serve a God of disillusion. We don't serve a God of confusion. We serve a God of hope and victory, right? So every single thing God has already taken care of for you. Let me say number three. This is probably my favorite one. You can't, you, I don't think you can be a worship leader and not throw some form of talking about worship <laughs> in when you speak. <laughs> Number three, don't let your feelings dictate your praise, right? Don't let your feelings dictate your praise. Do you know how many times in every church that we've ever been in, you know, and we've been in a whole lot because we've, we've traveled for a long time before we got stationed at the river, <laughs> but, um, you know, we've been in a lot of churches, and so we've led worship a lot of times, and and. 
there's been so many times that I've gotten up to lead worship and I didn't feel like worshiping. I'm just being, can we be honest in the house of God today? Don't look at me so religious in church. There's been times that you haven't felt like worshiping. Don't let your feelings dictate your praise. I would even encourage you to praise more when you don't feel like it. Start stepping out in faith, doing a little jump. If you've never jumped before, I dare you to jump in the house of God whenever you don't feel like praising because it makes the enemy mad, right? So don't let your feelings dictate your praise. In all things, worship God. In all things, worship God. Psalms 91, I mean, I'm sorry, 98.1, you don't have to turn there. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have gained him the victory. You know, David knew uh, that not to ever allow himself to focus on, uh, on the problems. He always wanted to focus on the promises. That's why he's never going to be remembered as a blues singer. Right? Right? He didn't, he, he's not focusing on, on past failures. He's focusing on the victories, and he's worshiping through it. He had bumps in his life. He had difficulties. He's cried. He's wept. He's done all the things. He's lived through things, you know, that, that you and I go through. But he learned to live in praise. He learned to live in a, in a, in a state of praise in all things. He wrote in Psalms 42, 5, Why am I discouraged? Why am I so sad? I'll put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my Savior and my God right? I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praise shall continually be on my lips. Learning to live in praise is essential to victorious living. It's completely essential to victorious living. It's worship is not, should not be just an experience. It should be a lifestyle. Every single thing that you go through in your life should have some form of worshiping God in it and through it. Uh, it's an act of faith. I said it earlier, you know, uh, in Hebrews eleven six, the Bible says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him, God, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. That goes back to reading and believing the word of God. If you don't believe that, then you can't come to God and believe that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You can't, if you haven't read the promises and know what God thinks about you and know, and know what God wants to give you and wants to reward you with, how can you come to him knowing that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him? It's an act of faith. You're stepping out in faith when you don't feel like praising God. You're stepping out in faith. And how can you say, oh, I'm believing God for a new car, but you don't have the faith to praise him for it? Right? In all you do, Give God praise. Can you think about Paul and Silas in prison? Do you think they felt like praising? <laughs> you got chains wrapped around your body. You don't feel like praising. You don't feel like lifting your holy hands and saying, God, I love you through in the midst of all of this. Even though I'm sitting in a jail cell with chains around me and, I'm, and I got people around me, then this is humiliating. Because people knew who Paul and Silas were, Right? They knew who they were. It's humiliating for you to be sitting around people they probably saw out. So now they're in jail with all the criminals, and they're like, oh, this is so embarrassing. You know, it hurts your pride. It hurts your feelings. It hurts your praise. You don't feel like doing it, but you've got to step out. And look at what happened whenever, whenever they did that. Uh, Acts 16, starting in 25, the Bible says, you're familiar with this, but I'm going to remind you to, so you could tell other people today. Acts 16, 25 says, About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. They were worshiping, and the other prisoners were listening to them. You've got people that are going to watch how you act whenever you get in a situation. 
right? When you're in a situation, you've got people all around you, believers, non-believers, family, non-family, every single person that's around you is going to watch how you act. <laughs> Yesterday, Jesus, we were moving. It was insane. Now, I'm not going to go into every detail because you wouldn't believe me. <laughs> but let me just tell you that it was insane. And I was at a place of my employment where people know that I'm a Christian. They know that I'm a worship leader. They know that I believe in God and that I walk a godly life. All of my residents were outside, <laughs> every one of them, and I was in my apartment. And one thing after another, everything was, was going crazy, right? And, and I won't tell you all of that, but I'll tell you this last thing. When we go out to Parrish's car, and we're running late to get here to Oklahoma. <laughs> I mean, it's just crazy, right? And so we get out to Parrish's car, and we get all the kids loaded, and that's a task in itself because you're like, come on, he's got my leg, and i got the car seat, and we're, you know, trying to get in and shoving him in, just, you know, pushing, his, doing whatever we can to get him in the car, little treat bags. Come on, throw it in, you know, like a dog. But <laughs> I'm trying to get all these kids in the car and round up on top of all the crazy, 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 crazy things that are happening over and over. And we get in the car, and we're sitting there, and I went, <sighs> and I was like, oh, and I look up, and what I wanted to do <laughs> was get out and kick the car and go, yeah, you know, scream a couple of things that I probably shouldn't have. You know, I, that's what I wanted to do. I'm being honest. Again, can we be honest, right, in the house of God? Don't look at me religious in church. So I wanted to do those things. I wanted to get out and I wanted to scream. But I had all these people looking at me, and they knew who I was. I've been there seven years. They knew, who, they knew me and my family. They didn't know what car I drive. And so I was like, eh. <laughs> oh, this is amazing. This is really great. So I just looked at Parrish, and she's laughing. And I'm, and so I was like, <laughs> so we just began to worship. We just began to praise God. And just like a few weeks ago when Pastor John was preaching on forgiveness and he gave that, that little testimony that, that, you know, he had, he had offended Miss Ann that morning or he had said something that was really, that he, you know, he shouldn't have said. And he, abol he apologized to her and it was, it was concerning forgiveness. And he, it happened the more, and that never happens. We've known, we've known Pastor John and Miss Ann for years, and I have never, two things I've never seen them do, never seen her in, in um, tennis shoes until last week, in 12, between 12 and 15 years of knowing them, never seen her in tennis shoes other than last week, and never, ever, ever have seen them get any kind of, even a spat, anything, nothing, nothing, it's like perfect, I'm like, well, that's nice, something to live up to, but, <laughs> but, you know, um, that never happens. And, but he was preaching on forgiveness that morning. So the enemy was trying him. That's why I'm telling you that as soon as you walk out this door, he's going to start reminding you of your past failures. That's why it's so important to keep your mind focused. Because yesterday, everything that could go wrong in our move went wrong. It did. It was Murphy's Law. Everything that could went. And, and I was thinking, and, and Parrish didn't even know what I was preaching on, and I said, Will you look at my notes in the in the door there because you know this is crazy. This is exactly what I'm trying. What I'm what I'm going to tell the church tomorrow to praise and everything to praise and everything to remember your past victories to worship God in the midst of trouble in the midst of situations. All that is happening, and so I need to I need to live what I'm preaching, right? So we just began to worship, and I just began to thank God for His goodness, reminding myself in my own you know in my own mind of my past victories. You know what? Last time I moved, it was great. 
It was wonderful. <laughs> it was a victorious move. So I began to remind myself of that and all the things that happened. And it, it, it completely turned it around completely turned our situation around we began to laugh the car started right after that you know I mean so everything the enemy's gonna attack you he's gonna do things that wouldn't normally happen but you've got to worship through it you have to have to worship through it because when you do think about this when you send praise to heaven right that impales all of heaven to come be by your side in the midst of the situation that you're going through, when you just begin to lift up your voice and say, God, I'm going to serve you. This is an act of faith, and you know it is, but I'm going to serve you, and I'm going to worship you through this. He, 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 he inhabits your praises, right? He's going to be there. And where God is, there's no trouble. There's no lack. There's no uh, screaming and, and wild, rambunctious fights between you and your wife. You know, there's no, there's no car not starting. There's no lack, so if he's inhabiting where you are right at that moment, it's got to work out. It has no choice but to work out. Begin to worship God even in the midst of trouble, even in the midst of situation. And it confuses the enemy. He doesn't know what to do. He's racking his brain. He's like, wait a minute. I just did all this stuff and you're still praising him? You're still praising him? You're still jumping and you're still shouting. You're still praising him. Even though your car's not starting, even though your apartment wasn't painted, even though the floors weren't finished, even though all these things are happening, you're still praising him? It's a testimony to the devil of how you feel about your God. In the midst of the situation, in the midst of the trouble, I'm still going to praise him. Why don't you say that? In the midst of the situation, in the midst of the trouble, I'm still going to praise him. Worship God through everything. Read and believe the word of God. Focus your stinking thinking. Get it away. Worship God in everything. And number four, keep moving, keep moving, keep moving, keep moving, keep moving. Don't quit. Right? I don't know how many times I said that, but I probably can't say it enough. Keep moving, keep moving, keep moving, keep moving. Don't quit. That's the very first thing that the church wants to do whenever they get into a trouble or a situation, right? They may even be praising him, but they still want to quit. They still want to just give up, throw in the towel, and say, <clears throat> you know, I tried. I, I did what I could. I, t I tried to live in victory, but all these things keep happening. All these things are stacking up against me. If you're feeling defeated today, keep moving, keep moving, don't quit. A lot of times when we quit, we become stagnant. A lot of times when you get too satisfied in church, you get stagnant, but that's a different sermon. <laughs> Satisfaction leads to stagnation. But when you feel defeated, a lot of times we just become stagnant. We stop and we become stagnant. We stop what we're doing. We, you know, we don't have a continual motion going forward, which is what we're called to do. Uh, Pastor Ann, whenever she came up last week and she was praying and ministering before uh, Pastor John preached, 
she she said you know as i walk through the though i walk through the valley of the shadow of death i will fear no evil for thou art with me and then she said we're walking through we're walking through we're not camping out we're walking through and i got so excited i think i had heard that before that little analogy i think i had heard it before she probably said it before uh, at another time but i got so excited last week because i was like yes we're walking through the valley we're not camping out we're not hanging out we're not sitting there to wait for an attack we're walking through there's a light at the end of the tunnel we're going through the valley of the shadow of death, right? So you're, gonna, you're not going to fear any evil because God's with you. So if you're feeling defeated, walk through. Uh, I, <laughs> I used to deliver newspapers when Parrish and I first got married. And um, I think I did everything when we first got married. I, I mean, I even worked at a daycare <laughs> trying to scrape up enough money to live on, right? And because <laughs> when you're 18 and you're married, and adopting a little girl. Crazy town. Anyway, so <laughs> so I was delivering newspapers and um, in this really ritzy neighborhood, and uh, this couple had requested for the newspaper to be put on your, on their back porch, right? And you gotta accommodate them, you gotta do it. So it was a just a pain because in the middle of my route, I had to stop, put it in park, get out and walk around this big house and put it on their back porch. So I was doing that one day and they didn't tell me there was no notes or anything, but, and I had delivered before, but there, there had never been a dog there. This time there was a dog there and it was a big dog. It was like a Rottweiler, right? It wasn't, okay. Let me clarify. So I'm not lying. It wasn't big. It was like, it was like a, it was a Rottweiler, but it was fat, you know, I mean, it was a baby, but it was, it was kind of, it was big to me, right? Any, any dog over a Chihuahua is big to me. So the, I walk around and I walk through the, the gate and I was like, do, 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 do with the newspaper. And I saw him and I was like, oh, and I just stopped completely froze. And I was like, oh gosh, you know, this is so crazy. <laughs> this dog, I'm fixing to get attacked. I'm fixing, you know, all these things are going through my mind. And I, so I just kind of stopped like this and I tossed the newspaper and then, I saw him and I turned around to walk like this back out the gate, but I kind of had my head like this and the dog walked up to me and just bit the snot out of my leg that right here on the back of my thigh, just grabbed a hold. And I was like, Oh, and I was trying, I didn't want to run cause I don't want it to hurt where, you know, all these things were going through my mind. Let me tell you today that a lot of times when, whenever you get in a situation, you think, let me just stop here. Let me just stay because if I, if I move, the enemy's going to see me, right? If I, if, I, if, I, if, I don't, if I just stay still, the enemy's won't, he'll just leave me alone. Wrong. He's going to bite you. <laughs> the enemy's like a dog. He can smell fear. He knows when you're afraid, right? That's why it confuses him when you start praising why it confuses him he knows you're scared he knows you're afraid he's just like a little dog he can smell the fear so the dog bit me and I'm like oh and then I was thinking if I would have just darted or just you know as soon as I saw the dog and got out of it it would be a lot different situation I wouldn't got bit I would have had to get stitches in the back of my leg you know and uh, you know it's just it's a crazy situation and that's what we feel like as Christians whenever we're just stuck in a situation and we're like hey let me just stay here maybe nobody will see me I won't be able to <laughs> and then, you know the devil won't look at me if I don't look at him he won't you know no eye contact up thing but we've got to get out of it keep walking through don't stop keep walking through keep moving keep moving keep moving don't stop um 
something else really quick. Something else really quick. Don't don't live in defeat because you're not doing something. Right? Let me see if I can say that in a different way. A lot of times we live in defeat is because we're not doing something. Right? We're not keeping going. We're not staying moving. Um, a lot of times whenever people preach about Peter walking on the water, they're like, you know, he sank and he, you know, he he jumped out and he just sank. And, you know, and I'm thinking, he got out there. He did something. None of you other toots were getting out and doing it. Somebody had to. He called me. You know, somebody had to act. Somebody had to do something. A lot of times in the church, whenever we get and we feel like we're in defeat, we just we don't walk through. We just stop and then we do nothing. We don't want to work in the church. We don't want to have a prayer life. We don't want to uh, encourage other people. We just stop. We become stagnant. We just stop. Those are three things that you can definitely tell if you're in defeat. When your prayer life is lacking, you don't feel like praying, your devotional life, your time with God, your time with other believers is lacking, and when your commitment to service, especially in the church, is lacking. Those three things, you know that you're in defeat, and you need to start building yourself back up. Think about your past victories. Work, uh, work on your mind focusing. Read and believe the Word of God, and don't stop. Uh, picture. Has anybody ever seen the Golden Girls? Yeah? <sighs> I'm, just, I'm such a nerd, but I love the Golden Girls. And so one of the, one of my favorite parts is whenever Sophia says, picture it, Sicily, 19, you know, whatever. So I'm going to say, picture it, last summer at football game. <laughs> In the middle of a high school football game, the home team was losing. They just could not do anything. They weren't doing anything. One irate f- fan yells from the sidelines, put Johnson in, put Johnson in. And the sideline yells back, Johnson is in. Johnson is in. And the fan yells back, well, take Johnson out. Take Johnson out. In other words, do something. Don't just stay in the same situation. If Johnson was in and they're losing, take him out. Right? If they wanted him in because they were losing, they thought it'd help, and he was already in there, get him out. Do something in your life. Don't sit stagnant. Don't sit stagnant. Stay committed. Just because it looks like you lost, that doesn't, shouldn't stop you from doing something. Find something in the Word. It may look like you've lost, but God is bigger than your loss. God is bigger than every situation that the enemy tries to throw at you. Everything, you have victory. In everything, you can and you have the potential to have victory because you've already been set up for it. When God created you, he created you to be be victorious. So Peter did something. We need to do something. I'd rather be a wet water walker than a dry boat rocker. (laughs) So a lot of times in our life, when when you come up to situations and you come up to situations, read, believe, The Word of God, it's a must. You have to read and you have to believe the Word of God. It's going to take conditioning. If you don't already believe the Word of God and believe everything you're reading, it's going to take conditioning. And I've even told people before, you know, by his stripes you're healed, and she and they're like, I don't really believe that part. And I'm like, you can't can't believe some of it and leave the other part out, right? (laughs) I didn't, Pastor John always says, I didn't write it, I just found it. 
It's in there. I didn't make this up. It's right here, right? Most of the time in red. And you're saying, eh, mm, 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 no, I don't want that part. <laughs> it's crazy. Read and believe the word of God. Set your mind to thinking victory and stop stinking thinking. Don't focus, don't focus on the promise. I mean, problem, focus on the promise, right? Do something. Get up and get moving and worship God in all things and everything that happens, good, bad, or indifferent, worship God. You know, the Bible says that all things work out for your good because you love him. What I find awesome about that scripture is it doesn't say all good things work out for your good, right? It doesn't say all bad things work out for your good. It doesn't say all, you know, indifferent things work out for your good. Only pink things work out for your good. All things work out for your good. And the only requirement is that you love him. All things are going to work out for your good because you love him. The good, the bad, the ugly, and I've seen all three, and they're all going to work out for your good. They have no choice but to work out for my good because that's what the word of God says. So read and believe the word of God. Set your mind to thinking victory and stop stinking thinking. Don't focus on the problem. Don't focus on the promise. Give God glory and praise in all situations and get up and do something. These are steps to help you walk in victory. And if you start making these changes today, if there's changes, you know, that that you need to make in your life, you can do that. There's no shame in that. Everybody's got to start somewhere. You may say, hey, look, but you don't know what I did. Focus on your victory, right? You say, I'm at the bottom of the barrel. Well, let's praise God you only got up to go. (laughs) Can't go any lower than the bottom of the barrel, right? So I encourage you to live in these things. Focus on your victories. Everything that's going wrong in your life, give God glory and do something. Don't stop. Don't become stagnant. Has this helped you at all today? Amen. I love you guys. I love this church. I love opportunities to share the word of God. And I love leading worship. And you are so awesome. And I love watching y'all worship. It's incredible. So God bless you today.